This is ESPN 580, Orlando's high school football scoreboard. A recap of the biggest high school football games in Central Florida. Right here on ESPN 580, Orlando. Yes, this is ESPN 580, Orlando's high school football scoreboard show presented by attorney Greg Francis of Osborne and Francis Law. A new sponsor of the show, Greg Francis of Osborne and Francis Law. You can go ahead and give them a call at 407 407- 655-3333. That's four threes at the end there. Or visit them online at realtoughlawyers.com for all of your legal needs. That number one more time is 407-655-3333. And we can't forget about the OG sponsors, our boys over at, at uh, what, Graffiti Junction, America's Burger Bar. Really good burgers, really good fries. If you want a couple beers, they got you over there. And of course, Care Spot Urgent Care with 11 Central Florida locations and growing. They're taking the pain out of health care. I'm Sam Albuquerque, not Nikki Football. He's out today. I think he's having a beer over at Graffiti Junction. I'm with my boy Heath, the man, the myth, the legend Ziggler. How you doing, Heath? And also, be true himself, Balin, true he Oh, Yeah, I got it right that time. What's up, dude? Yes, hey. sir. What's up, my man? I brought the energy today. I'm feeling pumped. I love it, man. I may hey, have had that's what high school's all about, the energy. Hey, three Sam, or four coffees. Sam, I like that intro, man. That, that's go. pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Nikki's listening, and I mean... He, you're coming for the job there, man. Earlier, he called me his Austin Eckler to his Melvin Gordon. So <laughs> yeah. if, if he tried to hell out, I would just come in there. I don't know. I said I was more Justin Jackson, third stringer. I bring the energy. Not much substance, but I got I got some spirit to me. I love it, Sammy. And tonight, yeah, tonight we are going to recap the top six games from last week, as we always do. Then we're going to get into our Dudes of the Week, which is our fun segment that we love around here. Uh, then we'll roll into our preview of next week's games, our top six games that you should be at this Friday night. We always follow that up with our predictions, which everybody loves. Mm -hmm. And then we might have a little time for a little rapid fire because tonight we're going 30 minutes straight, no commercials. So stay tuned for all the high school information. And can't forget about that top 10 either. (laughs) So let's get to some recap, Balin. Uh, How about we start with the Winter Park-Edgewater game that I was at. That was was a good game that we were expecting, you know, Edgewater to win. It was good up to about three quarters, I'll tell you that. Yeah, so the Eagles uh, Eagles roll again um, with the Wildcats, 52-28. to 28. This game was close in the first quarter due to big plays by Casey Case, Marcus Clark, and Snook Edwards. Um, Clark, Clark going both ways and returning on special teams. This kid is so special because he did not come off the field the entire first quarter, wow. and it showed because the score was 21-21. Yeah. And Marcus Clark, if you don't know, is the University of Miami commit. Go Canes. And he he was absolutely astonishing to watch. I mean, yeah. he, he was doing it on, on all three phases of the game. Um, he was returning punts, obviously making a difference as a receiver on, on offense. And then on defense, he, they have him playing corner, and he's guarding Tommy Hill, and he's doing his best to shut him down. So Winter Park did a great job of keeping this thing very interesting for about a quarter, but then Edgewater really started to, sh- like, really started to shine with their strength and their grit because they got the running game going. Um, and obviously Isaiah Connolly is the, the, the main back there over at Edgewater. But, Balin, give me some numbers on this game. I was there to watch the game. Yeah. It was it was very tight early. Then Edgewater kind of got the running game going and was able to control this game. Give me some numbers on this game, Balin. Yeah, well, I remember you were texting me throughout the game. Obviously, it was a different game. But when you're talking about this Winter Park-Edgewater matchup, you kept talking about Marcus Clark and how he impressed you as an overall player, just playing all sides of the ball. But then we talked about Isaiah Connolly, who rushed for 240 yards and a touchdown. Damn. Also, um, Kanan Mobley threw for 263 yards, four touchdowns, and two of those went to Christian Leary. He's playing really good football right now. And also, again, a name we've already talked about before, Devon Martin had two interceptions, and then there was a total four on the entire night. Uh, Casey Case came out hot. He threw a nice touchdown to Dakota Mitchell. 
Uh, but again, just going back and forth, great football game. And I think actually at one point, Marcus Clark, uh, one of his touchdowns got called back that could have really changed the entire game as well. It really could have right. changed the game. It was a, it was a eighty, I think it was an eighty-five yard touchdown. Wow! And and he kind of split the seam, and um, Edgewater got caught looking in the backfield. Yeah. And and uh, Marcus Clark took it, but unfortunately, it was called back on a holding. Yep, which resulted again into a fifty-two to twenty-eight loss, and Edgewater got the victory. So let's move on to uh, another game. We had number two Seminole playing at Mainland. Uh, Seminole squeaks by Mainland 22-20. And, Balin, this is where the conversation begins for me. Do we have any calls for concern that three out of the last four wins for Seminole have been come from behind wins? Like, yeah. In other words, could their, could their luck eventually run out? Because mm. Seminole has had to fight, claw, scratch, whatever you want to call it, yeah. to win every game. They don't seem to have the command or control that we see at Edgewater, and right. we have them as our number two team. So we, we we have some we have to discuss this a little bit, Balin. What are what is your thought? Is Seminole is it concerning that they're not blowing teams out as the number two team in Central Florida? I mean, I, some people look at it as concerning, but for me, it just shows that they're winners. They just know how to win. They know how to close out a game. They don't go. They don't fold when pressure uh, comes. So that shows a lot about Seminole and who they are. They do come out 22-20 to 20 over Mainland. Tim McLean threw two touchdowns, both to uh, Zion Jackson, and Jordan Smith ultimately sealed the game from two yards out with one minute and 23 seconds remaining. Um, and again, like you just mentioned, three of the last four games coming back. Uh, they ultimately win all four. They're 4-0. Uh, I think Seminole's you know, on the rise, but again, there is some level of concern, but until, until district play gets into it, until the end of the season, we'll see how, where they stack up and line up. All right, our next game is going to be Apopka at Dr. Phillips. That's number five Apopka in the Central Florida ESPN rankings at Dr. Phillips. DP over Apopka 21-13. Balin, this was the game you were at. Yep. Give you know, give me a little information about what, what, what do you see out game. there? Yeah, what a game. Apopka's quarterback, Jaquan Lohman, rushed for 105 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Popka's running backs, two of them scored on the night, Rashard Sibley and Jaden Harrington. Uh, they went up 21-7 to at one point in the game, but when it was 14-0. to Dr. Phillips had scored a touchdown right there in the second quarter right before halftime. Tricked him, got an onside kick, and then the very next play threw a 50-yard touchdown. It could have been 14-14. to Unfortunately, there was a holding call that uh, negated the Dr. Phillips touchdown to Ledger Hatch. Um, and then, again, it was a, it was like a 14-point swing because um, Apopka got the ball back, and then they ended up scoring, going up 21-7. Uh, but then, again, DP made a little late run there, scored again on another Ledger Hatch um, touchdown. Then the game ended 21-13. All right, the next game I want to look at is going to be number six, Wakaiva um, at Okoe. And Wakaiva picks up the dub here, 14-13. Um, Okoe... Now with another loss. Right, two in a row. Um, yeah, and, you know, it was a missed PAT earlier in the game, we thought. But, yeah, they, we, but then yeah. we found out they, for two. they actually went for two. Didn't get it, right. And they didn't get it, which is why they were down by one. But in the fourth quarter, they had a chance to, for a field goal to win the game and to beat Wakaiva. Yeah. However, like, that field goal was blocked. Yep, by and, Kendall and, Wilson. And, yep. and, I mean, Balin, we know what happened. We know the rest. Yep, so it was 14-13. to 13. Uh, Larry Preston had a good game. In the first two drives, he scored two rushing touchdowns. They ultimately got Wakaiva up 14-0. But, again, Koei managed the clock well. Nick Wright came in, threw a touchdown, ran a touchdown, got it close. Uh, and, again, they lined up for a 35-yard game-winning field goal. And uh, uh, Kendall Willie Wilson ended up blocking the kick. So uh, they come out with victory. All right. Our, uh, our fifth game that we want to highlight from last week was Godby at number 8 Lake Mary. Godby bounces back 42-21, scoring 28 um 28 to seven in the uh, on the in the second half. Yeah, outscoring them 28 to seven in the second half. Godby looks like um, they came to play. They weren't going to lose two in a row in Central Florida, were they? No, they weren't. Uh, but they uh, Lake Mary did come out hot. They went up 14-0. The first play of the game was a hook and ladder touchdown for 62 yards. 
uh, to Tim Geralds. That was pretty impressive. And again, they scored quickly again on another touchdown pass by Gunnar Smith, who ended up throwing two on the night. But yep, Gobby went on a 20-7 run, and that was pretty much uh, the end for Lake Mary there. I still think they're a good football team. Uh, Gobby is a, a power that we that we talked about before. They've lost to three great opponents, arguably three top-ranked teams in the entire state of Florida. So that wasn't really a bad loss, but I think Lake Mary is going to respond uh, later on this week. All right, this was a game that I, I'm excited to get to here. This was Lake Howell at Haggerty. Uh, Haggerty with a statement win over the Silverhawks, 23-15. to 15. Uh, mm-hmm. This Lake Howell team, I can't figure out. Um, th- this is one that they, they're kind of hot and cold. Right. Uh, but this moves Haggerty to 2-2. Two and two. They have Winter Park coming into the Husky Stadium this week. Right. Um, I'm, I, we're going we're gonna to preview that matchup a little bit later. But talk to me a little bit about what's going on at Lake Howell. I mean, I can't get a beat on them. Yeah, I mean, me either. Again, I pick them every time they, they play somebody. I feel like, you know, they could be 4-0 right now. They, they, they are a 2-2 two two football team. Uh, in this game, they actually took a late lead, 8-7, to seven, off of a Cohen Kohler 7-yard touchdown run. They went for two on a fake uh, extra point field goal. Uh, so they went up 8-7, and then all of a sudden Haggerty scored back-to-back touchdowns, went up 23-7, to seven, and then Lake Howell got a late score to try to make a comeback, but it was too late. But, yeah, then I don't know what's going on with Lake Howell. I'll be at the game this week to see if they can respond in a big district matchup, but we'll talk about that later. But, again, we don't know the identity of Lake Howell yet, but I don't count them out just yet. Hey, Heath, I'm a little hungry. You know, you know, you, <laughs> can you give me a graffiti uh, junction menu item of the night suggestion for America's Burger Bar? What you got for me? Yeah, since we uh, we always do a segment on um, graffiti's you know, menu item of the night, and this, this week, uh, since we're going commercial free, we're going to kind of bring it in here. And I want to bring in the Impossible Burger, which is their new burger, obviously Impossible Meat. If you've been living under a rock, you don't know what that is, but it's basically it a, it's a meat substitute. Um, but I, I actually ordered it the other day. I'm a big fan of regular burgers, so it was kind of hard for me to go against the grain and try mm-hmm. it. Um, but man, you could hardly tell the difference. I haven't I haven't gotten a chance to try an Impossible Burger yet. I've had burgers at Graffiti Junction, so I know they do it right. Yeah. Is it really close to, to what we expect regular burgers to taste like? It really is. Um, I mean, I, I can compare it to just a, a, any one of their other burgers. It's a thinner patty than their than their traditional quarter-pound burger at Graffiti Junction. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely one I would order again. I mean, it, it, it had all the same flavorings, all the same taste of a regular burger. Um, and if you're... If you're someone that doesn't like to eat red meat, I mean, give it a shot. Graffiti Junction just put it on the menu about two weeks ago. It's a new item. It's simply called their Impossible Burger. There you go. So if, you, if you're if you hungry, you want to try the Impossible Burger, go to America's Burger Bar, Graffiti Junction. There's like a bunch in Orlando. I don't like. I know there's one downtown. There's one over in Dr. Phillips. Lake there's Mary. Lake Mary, yes. Yeah, so Lake Nona. Lake good. Nona. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. And the College Park one is obviously the one that the show frequents the most because they're yeah. right here by the station. So with that said... Um, let's get to the dudes of the week. This is the segment that we love doing each week. This is where we highlight, uh, we nominate three players and then we give you the, the dude of the week for each category, offense, defense, and special teams. I want to start with the offensive side and let's get to the nominees here. Um, I want to look at a, a running back, uh, at a building programs in Evan high school. And trust me, that Evans, that Evans high school right now, there's some buzz out in Pine Hills with what they're doing, but Balin, who do we have? What running back do we have at Evans High School? DeAndre Crook from Evans High School running back. He had 165 yards rushing, two touchdowns, one from 60 yards out and one from four yards out, and a 22-6 upset win over Vito. He played a really big part in that. All right, next I want to get to a junior wide receiver being recruited by BYU. They call him Sunshine. Who do we got? 
Ledger Hatch. We had just mentioned them in the preview and the recap of last week from Dr. Phillips. He had two receiving touchdowns. He had one touchdown called back, and then obviously they, they went for the tie. They said his foot was out of bounds on another touchdown that he caught. So he could have had four on the night, but he ended up with two and a 21-13 loss to Popka. Our next offensive dude of the week nominee is going to go to two different players. We couldn't really decide on this one, so we have a dual nominee. We had one that scored uh, – that that landed a school record and one that was close to a school record from West Orange. Balin, who are they? Yeah, the quarterback and receiver hookup, Julian Calvez and J.C. Charlies from West Orange. Uh, Julian ha- threw for 363 yards, only a couple yards short from a school record with four touchdowns. And then J.C. had nine catches, 241 yards, which is a school record, and three touchdowns in a 48-30 to win over Boone High School. Okay, now to the offensive dude of the week, and that's going to go to one of my favorite players to watch in Central Florida. He's primarily a wide receiver at Bishop Moore. Who do we got? We have Dylan Brazel from Bishop Moore. He had a 70-yard opening kickoff return for a touchdown. He also had a 45-yard touchdown pass on a trick play. He finished the night with eight catches, 135 yards and a touchdown, and a 42-28 win over South Sumter. Freakish numbers, man. <laughs> he is so much fun to watch. What a special player um, that Coach Hedrick has over there at Bishop Moore in Dylan Brazel. Congratulations to Dylan on being the offensive dude of the week. So let's get to the defensive side of the ball next. Um, I want to talk about a player that's a Coastal Carolina commit. He's a wide receiver and cornerback from Masters Academy. Balin, who do we have first on the defensive nominee side? We have Tyson Mobley from Masters Academy. He had a 31-yard interception return for a touchdown and a 48-8 win over Inlet Grove this past Monday night. Again, he's doing it from both sides of the ball, but this was definitely a good highlight for him. Next player up on the defensive side of the ball for a nominee, we have a safety from Lake Nona High School. Balin, who do we got? We have Joey Cochran from Sa- uh, from Lake Nona High School. He's a safety, but he also plays receiver a little bit. He had an interception in that game, but also finished the game with six catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown, and a 48-7 win over University. All right, and our next defensive nominee is a cornerback from Edgewater. There's, he needs no introduction on this show. He had, mul- he had a multiple interception game earlier in the year. Balin, what do you do this time? Well, he had two interceptions. His name is Devon Martin from Edgewater. His fourth and fifth of the season in a 52-28 to win over um, Winter Park. Yeah, that kid is something special. I mean, yeah. it's really hard not to give him the dude of the week when he puts up another multiple game interception mm-hmm. game. And I, I wanted to put him there, but we have reason why we didn't, and you're about to hear why. This is our defensive dude of the week. He's a six foot two, two ten hybrid defensive end linebacker, senior from Evans. Balin, who do we got? Gene Philman. He had eight tackles on the night, three tackles for loss. He actually had a safety on Oviedo's second play of the game with his teammate Daniel DeCillian in a 22-6 upset win over Oviedo. So, Thank you, Balin, and congratulations to that young man from Evans High School. They're doing good things out there in Pine Hills right now, and we're definitely supporting what Coach Mitchell's doing over there. So next, I want to get to our special teams due to the week. Nikki. So Nikki's not here. Nikki loves to introduce this part. of this. this is his favorite award to give, Sam. And I want to tell you, we don't have a special teams dude of the week. Do you know what we do have? I mean, it says it says something on here, so I would assume that we have one. So no, 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 no. Actually, no we don't have a dude week. of the week. Balin, what do we have? We have a dudette. Oh, okay. Yes. So for Freedom High School, we have I the heard kicker. About this. Yeah. Yes. And yes. So, Baylin, why don't you fill us in on the dudette of the week? Yes. Her name is Caitlin Reynolds from Freedom High School. She is the field goal kicker for them. She kicked a game winning 26 yard field goal in overtime and a comeback win 24 21 over Colonial. That is crazy impressive. She goes in there. Coaches trust her 26 yards away. Let's get the W. Boom. Nails it. 
Alrighty, so with that said, that wraps up our Dudes of the Week and Dudette of the Week. So let's move on to the top games and predictions. And I, I want to just... Top 10. I, top, Can't forget about that top 10. We'll get to the top 10 later. Let's just let's just roll with our, our, uh, our top games of the week. Okay. And I do want to say... Obviously, with the NFL coming up right at 7.30, you know, we're having to condense this show. and We're having to go kind of quick because we don't want to shortchange you guys and leave anything out. Okay, so I want to get to the first game, the first game of the week that we're going to highlight, and that's going to be the number six Wakaiva Mustangs at number one Edgewater Eagles. This will be the game that I'm covering. This is the game where Coach Bettison returns to his former school. It's also homecoming for the Edgewater Eagles. This this is a district championship game, in our opinion. Both teams are five and zero. I mean, right. if you want to talk about playoff implications, this is what I this is the way I see it. Edgewater last year lost a game late in the season, which caused them to have to go on the road yeah. for, for for four or five straight weeks games. in the playoffs. So by winning this game and putting themselves in the driver's seat to win the district championship, they are almost guaranteeing themselves to likely have the 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 home field advantage in the playoffs. Yeah. So this is basically a must win if you want to have home field advantage in the playoffs for Edgewater. Now they're both teams are five and zero. We have the number six team versus the number one team. We want to get to our fan poll here real quick. Let's do 68% of the fans think Edgewater is going to win this game. Balin, I'm going to make my prediction first tonight. I'm going to go with the Edgewater Eagles to win this game. I think as much as I've seen them this year, I don't think Bakaiva has enough to hang with them for four quarters. I think you're going to see a similar game to what we saw with Winter Park, where Winter Park was able to hang with them for the first quarter, maybe even the first half. Mm-hmm. But I think Edgewater's toughness up front on both sides of the ball, offensive line, defensive line, is going to be too much for Bakaiva. I'm going to take Edgewater to win this game, but it's not going to be by, you know, it's not going to be by a lot, but I think they're going to win this game. Well, I'm going to pick the same team, but I'm going to do a little different prediction on that. I'm actually going to go with Edgewater in the win, but I'm also going to say it's going to be in a blowout fashion. I'm going to predict it's going to be over 14 points, maybe even 21, maybe 28. I don't know. So by, when you say blowout fashion, you, yeah. you're saying 21 points? I'm saying 21 plus. Okay. Uh, I'm going to beat Wakaiva. And okay. I don't think it's going to be close early. I think Edgewater pops them in the mouth. It's their homecoming. they got a lot to play for. They remember what happened last year when they lost to a team they should have beat. And then they had to play on the road in the playoffs. They want home field advantage. This is their last home game. Edgewater's coming away in a blowout win. Okay. Just be careful of homecoming nights. Sometimes students get a little distracted, and Wakaiva might be able to hang. But I still have Edgewater as well. So across the board, Fan Vote, Balin, and Heath all have Edgewater winning 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 that game. Let's go with Lake Brantley at number five, Apopka Blue Darters. Um, 0-1 Lake Brantley, but they're still 3-1 overall. So even though they're 0-1 in their district, they, they, they still have three wins on the season. This is the Popka's homecoming game. In terms of the state playoffs, I think this is a win or go home for Brantley. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. They have a similar style of offense, so it'll be interesting to see the matchup here. I think it's going to be like the big brother, little brother. Uh, Papa's going to show them who, who really dominates in that style of offense. Uh, like you just mentioned, it is like a playoff game for Lake Brantley. They must win out, I think, in the rest of the season for them to even have a shot and also win their district. It is homecoming for a Popka. I think they, they I think it's going to be, uh, you know, pretty fairly even match, but we'll see. Okay, so you got you've got a Popka winning. The fans, say yeah, I got a Popka winning. Eighty-seven percent of our fans say that a Popka is going to win that game. I'm also going to go with a Popka, but I do want to point out this game might be over by about eight thirty because oh, yeah. I don't think we'll see more than maybe ten passes the entire game. So if you're looking on a Friday night to get out, see a good game, and get home early, yeah, this game is probably going to be the fastest game in history in Central Florida. <laughs> and let's move on to our next game. We've got the number 10 Lake Mary Rams at the West Orange Warriors. 
Balin, this is the game with both teams that are undefeated in the district. Yep. A win a win tomorrow night will put you in the fast track for a district championship game appearance. Two of our favorite QBs in the area and Julian Calvez and Gunnar Smith are going to be going toe-to-toe in this one. Yeah. This is one that we're excited about here. The fan poll. Now, the fan poll surprised me here. The fan poll, 60% of the fans have Lake Mary winning this game. Right. I'm going to go ahead and make my prediction first, Balin, and then I'm going to throw it over to you. Okay. I'm going to go with Lake Mary to win this game. I Ooh. think Lake. I, I'm going to go with the fans. I, I think Lake Mary does. I think Lake Mary is going to be able to upset. Um, you, did you call this an upset? Um, I, I my prediction would be an upset. <laughs> Yours will not be an upset. All right. So you you've got you've got. West Orange winning this game? So I feel like, you know, their only loss this season, West Orange, was what kind of a team that they were actually winning at halftime 14-5. Julian got hurt, ended up being a blowout. Julian's playing lights out right now. Uh, I I have West Orange winning this game. Uh, It's going to be a close one, but I do have West Orange winning uh, in an upset win over Lake Mary. What's the next game, Heath? All right, Okoe Knights at Evans Trojans. Um, how about the buzz right now in Pine Hills for I Coach, love it. Coach Vernon Mitchell and Evans High School right now? The program there has kind of been reinvigorated since he's been there. Um, the one problem that both of these teams have, unfortunately, is they've already lost in their district, which effectively right. makes this game an elimination game from the playoffs. So I agree. Whoever loses this game is likely has no chance to make the playoffs. Yep. 59% of the fans have Evans beating Okoe in this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna go ahead and make my prediction first. Okay. I think Nick Wright, Lovey Jenkins, and Dexter Rents, led by Coach Shepard, are gonna show some grit and win tomorrow night. And here's why: I watched them in the offseason. I saw them in the uh, in, in the summer workouts, and they were clearly a team that was working together as a team, hard in the weight room. I think they're gonna have the grit, the toughness to power through and win this game. I'm taking I'm gonna take Okoe to win this game. Yeah, I, I'm actually, again, I'm, I'm going to go with Evans, actually, in this game. I'm going to oh go against boy. you again, man. I think Evans is playing good football right now. They were very impressive in an upset win over Oviedo. I think being 3-1 right now, they're sitting really good. Uh, they have a lot of speed and a lot of talent. I'm taking Evans over a co in another upset. All right, let's get to the East River Falcons at the Lake Howell Silverhawks. I'll be at that game. Th- yep. This is Lee Balin's game, and I'll let you talk in just a moment about that game. This this game has huge district implications. Um, even though there's not been a game um, in this district for these two teams, right. they look, in my opinion and your opinion, we both agree, these look like the two frontrunners in that district. Yeah. Um, these two teams, uh, on paper, they seem, they seem to match up pretty well. And frankly, uh, I think it's almost like a toss-up. And if you look yeah. at the fan poll, 53% of the fans say that Lake Howell is going to win this game. Right. So I'm I'm kind of thinking that Lake Howell has the edge here, but I'm I'm going to make my prediction here. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with East River to win this game. Okay. Well, again, we talked about the matchup, uh, return of Coach Wenzel. I know he's excited to come back to his his former team that he was the head coach at. Now he's the assistant coach over at East River, so I know it's going to be an emotional game for him and also the players at Lake Howell that had played under him. Uh, I like the matchup at quarterback, obviously Cohen Kohler and Jason Dozier. I think it's going to be a great battle between the two, two different style of offenses, but they also kind of run the same kind of option. But I am taking Lake Howell on this again at home. I, this is a district championship game. I feel like the winner of this game will ultimately win the district. Uh, we were high on linemen, but they're not doing so well right now so this is the only thing we can base off of especially being the first game in that district so i like lake Howell winning at home all right let's quickly do the winter park wildcats at Haggerty huskies uh let's just do a pick them on this one balen okay well i'm gonna go with winter park i think it's gonna be a blowout yeah i've got winter park winning this game you know Haggerty lost their district owner opener to timber creek they've got another district game at, at home i think winter park uh, with marcus clark yeah um I think they're going to be too much. Uh, I'm going to take Winter Park, and I'm going to quickly do a couple rapid fires here while we okay. have. We just have a couple seconds. So, um, Oak Ridge um, at Olympia, who you got? I have Oak Ridge. Winter Springs at Lyman, who you got? Lyman. 
Braves at uh, Boone Braves at East Ridge Knights. Boone. How about uh, Windermere Wolverines at Dr. Phillips? DP. Bishop Moore at Tavares. Bishop Moore. But closer than you think? No, it's blowout. No, it's, you got you got Bishop Moore. All right, I think that's going to do us here. We'll do, hey, you know, we'll throw one more game in here. Let's do Eustis at Mount Dora. Let's give Lake County some love. Uh, Mount Dora. Okay, I'll take Eustis in that one. No, they're they're, they're going to get their first win. Sammy, thanks <laughs> for the show, Betty. Sorry we had to cram it in. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Uh, this has been the ESPN's 580 Orlando High School Football Scoreboard Show presented by attorney Greg Francis of Osborne and Francis Law. Give them a call, 407-655-3333. Uh, also, thanks to our other sponsors, CareSpot, Urgent Care, and our buddies at Graffiti Junction, America's Burger Bar. We'll see you next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.